enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. <laughs> That's Tim. <laughs> That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem that's north of Alaska, <laughs> east of Peace River, north of Dwyer, <laughs> at the back of your video store shelf this week. Tim and I are grab bagging all month, and this one's a doozy from 1990. <laughs> Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Tim, what's your favorite breed of nocturnal animal? Ooh, nocturnal. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say bats. Cool. Um <laughs> Nansum, no, uh <laughs> Yeah, I like bats. Um, I I'm fascinated by those uh, flying foxes in Australia that are huge and cute as hell. Flying I mean, foxes. Have you ever looked up a flying fox before? No. Oh my god! First of all, picture a bat this big, and I'm not exaggerating. Okay. And it it's has like two the f- two feet, two and a half feet oh, tall. Yeah. Oh, easily three this. feet. Yeah. Okay. Jet black face, jet black wings, but the face is so fucking cute like it looks like a dog <laughs> yes the, fly, the flying foxes and they are gorgeous but it's australian though it is australian. Oh, so it will kill you yeah yeah, oh, yeah okay. i'm sure it will yeah and there'll be nobody to find you you'll just be out in the like you know the <laughs> right. outback yeah um but normal bats are not that cute i'll never forget being at a, a museum one time or it was probably a zoo uh, but it was a zoo where there was a glass case that was probably it was huge. It was probably 30 feet long and probably about six feet wide. And it was completely glass encased. And there had to be, I don't know, uh, 15,000 bats flying Whoa. around in there. Con- I mean, it was just like a swirl of bats. Yeah. And I was just like, my God, that is the creepiest and awesomest thing I've ever seen. Um I like them because I think that they are just kind of like a jumbled mix of everything that's sort of terrifying. Like their faces are kind of creepy. Their wings are certainly creepy, but altogether they got a, a pack- bad reputation. Yeah. But altogether as a full package, kind of a neat animal. Yeah. And I guess that they, what do they eat? Mosquitoes. They do something. Good. Yeah. They eat mosquitoes, but we have bugs and you know, what's pests. Ca- Yeah. So what's cool about him is that for a, a creature of that lore, you would think that they would be like tough to find. But at least in the Midwest, you're just walk downtown at night after it's dark, dark. And when you're like, oh, look at those birds flying around. Like, mm, those aren't birds. Right. Yeah. yeah. They are bats. And I remember my friends and I used to. a fast bird. <laughs> could turn on a dime. Right. Just kind of. Yeah. That sort of frantic, like wing flapping. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're they're friendly. <laughs> um, and if you I remember now, maybe it was just our perception. But if you whistle, which, by the way. Don't do that. Uh, don't whistle at night. 
But anyhow, if Wait, you why? Uh, oh, that's a very, 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 very big superstition of Native. Oh, okay. So there's no reason. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was worried for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For for any natives listening, they know. Yeah, you do not whistle at night. Um, now is that like uh, like like legal like sunset it starts at or when there is no more light in the sky i'm gonna say like a full darkness yeah are you going to say is there not a set rule on this if you want to hum a little bit at dusk (laughs) it's okay but no whistling at night but we used to and when we were kids and we didn't know any better and the bats would actually fly toward you oh uh, which was, you know, kind of fun for a second. Yeah. But um, yeah, but th- what I don't like about them is how sneaky they are. Like in a house, they like to like, they're not, I'd rather them be like, look, I'm a fucking bat. You're terrified. Here we go. But they don't do that. They'll get in the like curtains. Yeah. They'll wrap themselves up in the curtains. So you, you're just opening the curtains <laughs> for like a normal human reason. And you grab a fucking winged bat. Wait, like, have you done that before? No, but I've oh, seen okay. it in Wisconsin. They have them like it's relentless. And I saw one big enough to where I was standing at the back of a house or left a house because it had a bat in it. Wow. Standing at the back door with the screen door closed. And I just saw, because it was kind of a long house, and the bat was big enough to do this. I'm going to try to describe this, you know, audioly, um, vocally. <laughs> but it just did this, like, float. Like, it wasn't even flat. Like, it was big enough to where it was, like, soaring from one side of the house <laughs> right. to the other. And, like, dipping in the, the air gliding. and coming back up. Oh, it was, yeah, gliding. It was gliding across without flapping its wings. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> terrifying. And I, I refused to sleep there. I went to a different house. Like, I just wouldn't do it. I don't know. But the person's house under construction next door. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just in the craggy ass mud. But the, the person who owned the house was in their 80s. They had a football helmet and a tennis racket and a bottle of uh, good old fashioned aerosol hairspray. Yeah. And that was the, the how you got them. Wow. Um, so and I think we've even talked about that before. But yeah. Um, We've told some bad stories. Yeah. But I mean, I think that they're neat. Not, I mean, they're kind of like growing up in the past, like five years, you'll see a bunch of like, you know, I don't know. It seems like um, women in their twenties that like, just think that they're the cutest things in the world and they'll share pictures of bats with each other. And I guess in their own weird way, they're kind of like that. So ugly, they're cute. Right. But, um, I just don't, I don't need to be around one, you know, but they're neat. Yeah. Nobody's going to say that they're not kind of cool. No, I, I love them, I mean, unless they're in my bedroom. Yes. No. <laughs> no yeah. Thank you. No. Yeah, bats are cool. I like, uh, are badgers considered nocturnal? Well, they're close enough to possums that I would I would guess that they're maybe a little bit more lively at night. Yeah. Um, possums are neat, too. Possums are neat. Um, oh, we had one, like, almost come in the garage, and it was... So funny, Nancy, just like going, like seeing it coming and be like, no, hey, you, no, no. <laughs> it still right. came in the garage and she and I just got the broom and like shoved it out. She's like, how did you do that? I'm like, it's just, it's not doing anything. Like, yeah. It's just letting you do it. <laughs> well, and I saw a really cute video recently of a guy also in Australia um, with a, a possum and he was illustrating that like their sort of involuntary response of playing possum or playing dead. And he just had this 
cute little thing picked up in his arms and it was just as docile as could be because it was completely in a state of panic. Um, But it was, it looked kind of cute, you know, and they're another one that like, you know, like there'll be like a poster that says like, don't hate me. I do these list of good things, you know, you ever seen, but apparently they do like a lot of good for us. Oh, really? Yeah. Possums do. Mm -hmm. And they are completely like, they have a real strong immunity. Like they can't, I think they are immune to rabies. Oh. Yeah. So they can't get like you would think like, oh, you're going to get. I mean, get... could they carry them, though? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah maybe it's good for them. But yeah. yeah right. Right. Um, they don't die from rabies. So they're just spreading it everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's terrible. Then. But, you know. <laughs> but good for them. Right. Yeah. Great for them. Um, the tails are cool. I remember seeing a dead one, a freshly dead one. Yeah. In a garden once. And it was a big size one. And I really got to look at its tail. Of course, I was just waiting for it to spring back to life at any given time, but got close enough to really see like uh, like the sort of like how their tail is sort of what do I want to say, like uh, just the lines on it, like the crisscross line, like the the toughness of it. Yeah. Neat. Neat looking. Um, but uh, yeah, nocturnal creatures. Raccoons are cute. They are. I've seen a baby one. And they're, uh, they're uh, an annoyance, but. Yeah, man. Little raccoons adorable. are adorable. Adorable. And if you've ever seen a baby one up close, and they, you can, I mean, if you get it from a baby baby, you can hold it and handle yeah. it and everything. Um, yeah. A really cute. I don't know if, I guess maybe the question is, is there a nocturnal animal that we don't like? I mean, yeah. I would, I would assume there's some sort of like jackal or hyena. It's probably yeah. kind of scary at night. Yeah. Probably a lot of uh, coyotes. I, yeah, people coyotes, talk about coyotes wolves. like they're all over the place here. I've, I've, I think I've seen a coyote. Dude, once. it's crazy. They are a species that's definitely present here, but are so elusive. Like they're in Chicago. Like every once in a while, it'll pop up a picture of, like, oh, here was a. I got this coyote by the Graceland Cemetery in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're just somehow are scarce. My parents kind of live out on the outskirts of town. Yeah. And what's really cool is when the train goes by there, sometimes they will howl to the train whistle. Ooh. That sounds really cool. Yeah. No, that- I heard that too. I lived uh, kind of in that area a long time ago. Now it's fully developed, but it wasn't very developed then. Uh, but we could kind of hear that too then. And I don't think coyotes, like despite a reputation, like they're they're more they're one of those like they say they're more afraid of you than you are of it like right. they're not unless they're sick or rabbit or something like that they're not going to really approach you i don't think uh no uh, no not unless they're hungry yeah or if you're like a baby in a basket cuz they'll outside. do that like You'll hear about coyotes. Did you say a baby in a basket? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. If you do live in an yeah, we while we have coyotes not an issue, but if you lived I'm going to just say a place that I think has coyotes, like Colorado. Okay, yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah uh, maybe, maybe more mountainous region. Sure. Yeah, like you will hear about coyotes attacking small dogs, like probably babies. Yeah. Yeah. If it's something small that they think they can drag away, why not? You know, one that I, I don't they think that they're necessarily nocturnal, but the one animal that does freak me out a little bit, because we all know that domestic cats, aside from yours, don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> so if you're talking like mountain lions, like a mountain lion could really fuck you up. Oh, yeah. And I saw a video once. I, I wasn't happy to see it. It, it is actually re- very disturbing. But uh, the guy was not 
Well, if he was hunting, he wasn't hunting mountain lions, but a mountain lion came upon him. Uh-huh. And he, in the video, you can tell he is clearly, clearly trying to just have the thing go away. But it is inching closer. Oh, it's while he's walking down a road and he's just like, go away. No, not that one. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's scary. And what would, would you do? Right. Um, They're faster than us. Yep. <laughs> so, but in this video. Again, I think my theory of where you just get behind a tree they go left, you go right. Like, I think that would work. <laughs> yes. Or my dad's theory of stick a knife in their gut and pull. But, <laughs> right, yeah, but if you don't have a uh, knife. Yeah, if you don't have a knife. Um, but anyhow, so this guy is facing this mountain lion, and it's a good size one, too. I mean, it's big. And it is just inching towards him, and he's yelling at it, and he's doing everything he can. But, I mean, he's also got his gun ready. Yeah. And he does shoot it, and he shoots it in the head. And what's strange about it is that it, the the mountain lion does not immediately die, but it makes the sound that like a wild creature who doesn't understand what guns are, right? And now has a bullet through its head. It's kind of like like Gage at the end of Pet Cemetery. Yes, ex- <laughs> literally exactly like that. And it's kind of like backing up and yeah, confused and sort of brain bad damaged. Mommy. Yeah. And it's it's really sort of sad because it's a beautiful creature, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I, dude. Like, evolved to get thumbs. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs and guns, baby. That's yeah. how we did it. <laughs> Salute to the flag. <laughs> yes, thumbs and guns. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> like, I want to design a gun that I can shoot with my thumb just to really just show up. my thumb, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, like, I'll show you. Everyone's more. got fingers. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mess with animals too much. Like, I, I just, it's just, I, I appreciate the hell out of them, and I really appreciate the people that love animals, but it's not really my thing. To where, like, I know people, what I'm talking about is, I know people that literally would go up to, like, a nocturnal, they would go up to, like, a raccoon to, like, pet it and right. stuff. Like, I think some people have it in their minds, and maybe they do have these skills, but they have it in their mind, like, I'm an animal person, like, I can walk up to any animal and be right. sweet or whatever, but that's fine. They know. They know I'm not going to hurt it. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. You, just because you have a great relationship with your cat? Like, no, it's <laughs> right. different. Yeah. This is yeah. completely different, you know? But um, every day at five, my cat's right at my feet. <laughs> right. Yeah. This rabid nocturnal <laughs> animal will feel me just the same. Right. Um, but no, uh, bats. <sighs> That's great. Man, I'd love to talk about nocturnal animals. Forever. Forever. But <sighs> we got a job to do. We got a job to do. I'm just going to go right out now and uh, apologize for this episode. Because I mean, it might be, it might be good in 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 content, yeah. But uh, in length, I don't think it will be. You know, you got a you got a near three hour Halloween episode. We got to balance that out somewhere, right? Right, <laughs> and we be and we were choosing to balance it out with a movie that we both kind of hate. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say I hate it. I just don't care about it. Like a movie I hate, I can talk about as well. Well, that's true. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get through this okay. shit first. All, All right, right. So it's Nightbreed <laughs> from 1990. It was written and directed by Clive Barker. It stars Craig Sheffer and Bobby and David Cronenberg. It had a budget of $11 million, Box office of 16 Both things absolutely shocking to me. I would have thought they were both way lower. <laughs> 
Uh, let's do Nan some, then we'll get into <laughs> some real spoilers. Aaron Boone has been seeing visions of a place where monsters live named Midian. His girlfriend, Lori, convinces him to see a psychotherapist. He obliges, but unbeknownst to him, Dr. Philip Decker is actually a serial killer who begins to gaslight Aaron into thinking that he is actually committing the murders. Now, during a psychedelic episode brought on by his prescribed medication, Aaron is hospitalized and meets a man who speaks of Midian, revealing to Aaron the location of the secret city before cutting his own face off. Finding Midian, Aaron suffers a bite from one of the monstrous denizens before being gunned down by the police who have tracked him there. However, Aaron's bite brings him back from death as he seeks refuge in the underground city of Midian. Turns out, the monsters are just some normal oddities trying to live out their life. But Dr. Decker is hell-bent on destroying them and their way of life. And now Aaron must fight back against the doctor and his makeshift army to ensure the survival of his new family, the Nightbreed. Yeah, I like really held back on how convoluted I was going to write up the sum, too. Oh I could have gotten... It's real stupid. Yes. No, I, w- I was just, and I apologize for <laughs> <coughs> laughing, but I literally could have sworn that you just said, uh, before coming his own face off, I literally thought you said, I'm going to come my face off. Um, no, cutting his face off. <laughs> that would okay. have been yeah. so good. <laughs> yes, right. Um, no, you did a fine job of that. I mean, it's that's not an easy task no. to sum this movie up because this movie has no regard for <laughs> trying to present any sort of coherent storyline or like um, a disbursement of quality whatsoever. Uh, we should we should point out we've pretty much covered Clive Barker already. Yes, when we did Hellraiser, a movie we famously did not like, and are in a small camp. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I want to assure the listeners, I didn't go into this movie with some sort of bias against Clive Barker. Uh, this was a movie I suggested because I remember watching it. It contained one of the scariest moments I've ever seen on film uh, that I do still think held up in this review. Ing Did you watch it front to back that first time? Like the whole thing? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was 13 okay. when this came out. Um, so I was, you know, starting to be able to watch things that I wanted. You know what I mean? Okay. Maybe that's why I never really got into horror because I watched this and with my, my, like, subconsciously I was like, you don't want to go down this rabbit hole, do you? So you finally reach an age where you can watch stuff that you want to. Right. <laughs> what a horrible waste. What yeah. a waste. But at the time, it was, you know, this movie was at least marketed just based on the creature design, which also is good. Yes. The design, yes. Yes. Uh, so I I was mainly just saying this to be like, we've kind of already covered Clive Barker, so we're not going to really talk about him. Um, it does turn out we might not like Clive Barker at all. Maybe not anything that the man does. Yeah, I've never read a book, but now I do not want to. I don't read a lot to start with. <laughs> right. I'm not about to start with Clive Barker now. But it's, I'm glad that you're saying what you're saying, because it's not like we're out and out just hating on the guy. Look, yeah, I, and I don't want, you know, I think some people manufacture hate for bits or whatever. Uh, that people can do that in the entertainment industry, which sure. we technically are in doing this. Yeah. 
Um, but I think, you know, if you listen to our shows, there have been plenty of episodes where we uh, don't see eye to eye on weird movies that, you know, why would one of us like this weird movie? Or, you know, yeah. thinking of like arachnophobia for one. Sure. Like, um, yeah, they're just honest opinions. And yeah, we both kind of, I mean, the first 15 minutes of this movie slaps. Yes. Uh, and you had taught, you had mentioned to me, and I think I mentioned it on our last episode, how you had started watching it. We're not thrilled with it. And then when I was watching this, I was like, ah, great. This is going to be one of those episodes where we get to disagree. You're right. Cause he's crazy. Cause this is, is insane. Yeah. That the family kill is nuts. The guy cut his face off is crazy. Like I'm like wild ride. Maybe I'm not remembering how I think I'm going to like think this movie is right. Well, uh, here's the thing uh, that oh. drops off a cliff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All the way down. Um, here's the thing though, but at least that has like a clear trajectory. The, <laughs> the thing is though, <laughs> is that look, I would rather, I will suffer a poorly made Clive Barker movie for who Clive Barker really is, because the fact of the matter is we have plenty of really good filmmakers. Yeah. What we obviously are lacking in, in Hollywood in general, certainly in horror is somebody that has the willingness and the imagination to create a new mythology. So I am, uh, I feel uh, thankful for what he brings to the table as far as ideas, Absolutely. concepts, really, really new stuff. And not only the concept itself, but the the design, the look of it, the creatures, the mythology, the the backstory. We need that more than we need. We need Clive Barker to be that more than we need Clive Barker to be a good filmmaker. Right. The problem is, is that he is making his own movies. That's where we run into trouble. But I love him for what he is. And I, I, I there's not really been. I'm I'm trying to think of a guy that's really carved out unless you want to talk about like Wes Craven with Freddie and that sort of thing. But yeah. a guy that has really carved out this like I do this sort of hell dimension demon, little S&M, little racy, sexy, gross, yeah. uh, pleasure, pain kind of stuff um, and like a tortured existence kind of thing. He has carved out a real flavor for himself. Yeah. It's just if ever there was the definition of uh, lax execution, this would be it. Yes. And by this, I mean everything he's ever done. Because it's like, uh, we kind of talked about this before we got on. Because D- Danny Elfman does a score for this movie, which I didn't realize. But I was like, this feels like a like a hardcore Tim Burton movie. But that is kind of what his ideas are. They're like, his creature creations are... Like Tim Burton creations without the whimsy. Boom. Here You just nailed it. Yeah. So Spielberg was doing his own thing, and then he created Amblin films so that he could do stuff that was maybe not, not, not that Amblin films weren't still like family friendly. Right. But they weren't like super full on kid movies. Like he wanted, uh, they were supposed to be movies that had like an otherness to them. Uh-huh. Um, an otherworldly quality. If... Clive Barker came up with the ideas and the concepts, and then Tim Burton made all of his movies. Boom. Yeah, because the bones of this movie, I like a lot. An yeah. idea of, I mean, it, it's kind of a weird mash. There are good bits, right? So like the serial killer therapist <laughs> who's gaslighting his patient 
into thinking he's committing the murders. Uh, that's cool. They abandon it immediately because the doctor has the guy killed. Like, don't do that. Use him. Yeah. Use him as a tool then. Keep him thinking he's doing it. Use turning him in as a threat or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, And then you have kind of this, I also like the idea of these uh, outcasts. Now, this movie doesn't make it real clear. Are these just like like deformed people or are they uh, things of other dimensions? Cause some of them just seem like uh, normal people with nipple piercings and that like dogs. <laughs> and some of them are straight up fucking demons. Yes. Good point. They uh, do- one is a head that lives in a giant tub of lard body, like right coming out of like a quato, <laughs> like, but right. just the head. Um, but I kind of like that idea of, I like it's the monsters concept of, the monsters are actually the good guys just trying to be peaceful, normal people. And the real monsters are the people who want to stop them from just living a normal life. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we might as well just uh, peel back the the uh, the cover on this, which is obviously anytime this movie is discussed, it's it's discussed as an allegory for queerness. Uh, for uh, Clive, oh, really? Yeah, oh. Clive, Clive Barker's uh, being gay. And the funny thing is, is that, I mean, that's literally every, anybody who writes about this movie writes about it being like the, the first real gay horror fantasy film. Oh, um, and that they didn't it, see Nightmare and on Elm Street 2? Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so so the, with the, the concept being that there are these people that society might see as different or wrong or strange or unique or whatever. And that rather than try to understand them, that they would try to beat them down and shun them and that sort of thing. And yeah. so that they have to stay underground and that, um, so it's, it's all an one guy tries to eat someone and now everyone's bad. right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just not <laughs> let's say this because we do like to give our public service announcements. Not all gay people eat people. No, no. Um, that's just what's popular right now. Um, but anyhow, the thing is, is that in Clive Barker's sort of like, now here we go with like a total, because everything I just said sounds like really night, like sounds like inspiring, right? Yeah. But yet it's almost a twisted, uh, it's the second coming of the same old cavalry. It's like, it's because Clive Barker is gay that people think that it has to be a, an allegory for gayness. But the truth of it is Clive Barker was like, I just wanted to make a movie about monsters right. about any sort of like acceptance or anything like that. And just because I yeah, gay, you can put any marginalized sure, group sure. in this. Example. So I think people, while they think they're trying to do the right thing by saying like, you know, Kudos to you, Gly- uh, Clive Barker, for I always want to call him Clive Cussler. Clive Barker for, <laughs> uh, for like doing this. Like, I'll read a Clive Cussler book. <laughs> sure. Yes. Right. I'd see a Clive what Cussler does movie. Do? Does he do like espionage? Yeah. Intrigue? Yeah. Kind of oh, sure. Yeah. He's like a Tom Clancy. Yeah. Can you have espionage without intrigue? <laughs> I, I <laughs> it's hand and hand. on what the espionage is. <laughs> right. Or what intrigue <laughs> means. But uh, whatever that is. But, um, anyhow. The the thing is, is that you can't deny the fact that it is there is at least some message there about people being unfairly judged for who just being who they are. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like that message. Um, but I think that the uh, 
David Cronenberg is so good at what he does in his just like innate weirdness. Yeah. Not to mention he's got one of the coolest masks I've ever seen of yeah, any killer ever. Yeah, he plays the like serial killer. Psychi- psychiatrist. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and his scene is the moment that as a kid, I was just like, what a frightening idea. Just this idea, the late, you know. The kid hears something in the house. The mom checks the back door. Everything's fine. Opens the freezer, grabs something, closes it. There he is, like with a creepy mask. Like it looks, it looks like stretched skin, kind of, Mm -hmm. with like like little puckered button eyes, yeah, and that zipper mouth that like droops down. Yes, and no hesitation, just like who swipes her twice in the face. Uh, just that image alone, like fucking floored me when i was 13 which is kind of old to be affected by that i would say um but yeah and i thought it still held up here awesomely the only thing that's scarier in that scene is that if you look inside the contents of the freezer yeah you'll find a box i'm so glad you'll find a box for cheese onion and tomato flan (laughs) what yes which is not the flan that i've been eating my entire well, life we should also point out this movie is canadian <laughs> You're, okay that <laughs> explains it can't even get flan right no like they don't even try to like they're like I get what? it when you like make your movie in canada but set it in america no they're just like we're in like edmonton or wherever they were yeah they're just kind of like like apes like picking up a recipe for flan and like smacking it around and like throwing it across the cage and everything like guessing at what the fuck goes in flan uh yeah why isn't it cheese onions and tomatoes why not um anyhow but yes an awesome scene and not even not even just scary because of that mask and everything there's some neat camera movement too the way that camera slides for like through one room into the kitchen like there's it's almost like the kid just standing there silently crying like the silent fear like he doesn't even he doesn't understand like like he knows enough to know that like this is bad right like that guy's bad blood on the floor is bad right uh it's awesome it's awesome and and it makes me wonder <coughs> if there should have been two different movies here. Yes. If there should have been this psychiatrist killer movie who is, and I like how you say, I, 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 I don't like it when a word gets overly used and gaslighting is certainly yeah. one of those gaslighting is, well, it's a thing that started happening a lot. So that's why you hear the word a lot true. now. <laughs> but what, what people misuse it as is like what you said, this is the perfect definition of gaslighting yeah. that you gave in this situation because uh, someone is manipulating someone into thinking that they, the other party, is doing what the person themselves who's doing the accusing is actually doing. Right. Okay. Definition of the word. Yeah. But now people say, like, if I went up to the Nazis and I'm like, what you're doing is wrong. The fact that they disagree with me doesn't mean I'm gaslighting them. <laughs> right. Like, you're no, you're you're doing the wrong thing over here. Yeah. You can say I'm gaslighting you, but trust me, this is this Holocaust thing is is, you know, off color. <laughs> uh, but uh, but either way, either way, that's that's compelling. And you're right. The first 15 minutes, even when it starts to get a little weird, first of all, that dude that cuts his face off, I love that makeup. That makeup I love. Like, I'm looking at him. Sometimes it's better than others, but I'm looking at him, and I'm like, how did they make his flesh face 
look above the application that is on top of his skin. Right. But yet it, his skin looks like it's on yeah. top of that. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um. So you're right. It, Even just the rip, like when he's ripping his scalp. Yes. Off, like you're waiting for him to peel his face off, but he's ripping the rest of his head off, which is mind boggling. And it looks weird under there because he does kind of have like a alien head under there. So right. I don't know if he was supposed to always like, is that his thing? That's another question of the night breed. Yeah. This is like, this movie is like when you're doing a task, like your kid tells you the night before that they have to cut out like <laughs> 10, like hand shapes out of construction paper. And the first five you do are really, really good. But by the end, it's just like, I'm just slicing and dicing. Like that's what this movie is. It starts out so strong, but then it just, it goes off the rails, but it, I think that it's suffering not so much from less, but too much, yeah. way too much. Um, there are some weird moments at the beginning outside of the, the cool violent parts with him and his girlfriend, Lori, where they're like jumping locations, but they, he does no establishing shots. So it's like he'll yeah. walk out a door and then all like he's walking into the club or like or it, where she sings at at a horribly lip sync. Oh Jesus! I said earlier, I was like, you wonder how far back you're sitting because it's like the audio and the like light, the speed of light and the speed of sound are so off at that moment. Um, but like she, go, he, you know, she sings a song and he like leaves. He's stressed out or whatever, and she like goes after him and like goes through a door and is like, Johnny, are you here? And then goes through another door, but that door is then like in her apartment. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, uh, okay. But like, even before that, maybe it's a stylistic choice, but they don't do it all the time. So there's nothing consistent with that. Like I, I can, I can kind of like get behind that. If you're doing hard transitions where it's like this door where you think leads, you know, leads from one place will then lead into the next scene. Sure, that's and a cool idea, but that that's not even conveyed in that. So I just think it's a poor editing choice. Yeah, and you—that's you, the key word right there. The, if you've ever wondered why the movies that you would make with your friends w with a camcorder when you were younger don't look like major motion pictures, it's called editing. Like that is such a key element, not only to—and people forget this—it's—it's. It, it's uh, recognized by the public as a really technical aspect of filmmaking, but there's just as much creativity and pacing and tension and um, feel like the feel of a movie can be defined by its editing. Yeah. This movie is just an absolute jumbled mess. And the, you're right. If, if maybe that editing style was on purpose to like discombobulate us or something like that, or kind of never, maybe it's sort of its own, metaphor for otherworldliness or, or two different worlds or whatever, but it, that's giving it far too much fucking credit. It's just a hack job is what it is. Yeah. The absolute slash and hack job of editing. And, um, and it's completely disorienting with a movie that the characters aren't even really clearly defined, no. you know, their, their relationships, their history. Um, and David Cronenberg, a lot of people uh, were pissed at him in the making of this movie, but he was really insistent on like reshoots and things like that. He's like, 
nobody's going to know who I am, what I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And we've got, I've got, I need more footage so that people know who the fuck I am in this movie. (laughs) And and good on him for doing that because he's one of the very few clearly defined characters in this movie. Um, But uh, it's so subtle. That was something you uh, brought up earlier. He makes just how quiet he is. But everyone else in this movie is like they're kind of, they're kind of cartoony. Yeah, David Cronenberg makes David Duchovny look like he's in the Marx Brothers. I mean, it's like (laughs) it is so subtle and just little like just quiet, almost as if um, like, let's just not bother this guy. (laughs) Like, he's obviously very serious. Yeah. And but very calm. But it's a really neat screen presence. Yeah. Especially knowing that it's David Cronenberg, which is cool. Yeah. The neat dude. Um, But uh this has to be one of his biggest roles, right? Acting roles? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. I'd say, I feel yeah. like he just does more supporting or bit stuff. Yeah. But. Speaking of which, it was one of the first notes that I wrote here. Um, and this is just a little egotistical, but I'm going to say it anyway. If I don't recognize the name in a and credit, like in the beginning, like where they, they'll say and with, or oh, and, yeah. then it's not deserved. <laughs> like if it's just like when you right. give that credit, it's supposed to be like. Yeah, that's like and Samuel L. Jackson. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and it, he should get a little special mention. But when it's just like, I don't know. I, the only name I can think of is Max Weinberg, but even he's popular. But I mean, any any name that you don't recognize, it it just that kind of always throws me off. I'm like, and then I feel bad for not knowing who that is, right? But um, but yeah, the um, you did mention earlier like the makeup and the look of these of these characters, which obviously is kind of like it might as well be its own character in the movie itself, is yeah. just the creature design. So how did you feel overall about the creature design and the creature execution or the execution of the creature? Design? I mean, I loved the design. The, the designs are great. Uh, the problem is there are 50 of them. <laughs> uh, and the first ones you see, one is really cool. And another looks like like a Klingon with Down syndrome. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Yes. It's right. Like such a goofy looking, not scary look. Yeah. Compared to this demon that wants to eat a guy. Yeah. Um, so then, off. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, if that's my first introduction to them, then later when Lori meets all of them and by meet, I mean, just slowly walks through all their homes. I like, right. She says free reign to walk wherever she wants yes. in this community. Um, but it is. Yeah. On one hand, cool looking on the other hand so long so slow yeah so i don't even want to say overindulgent because it's not that i don't know the word i'm looking for but i I mean maybe just too extended yeah um but there, I mean, there and there are some really cool ones. But because you have so many, it seems like they weren't like, let's not have these in. We'll put them all in. Like there are some that are really dumb and really bad. Like the guy with the dog. <laughs> yeah. Who is, uh, to his credit, one of the happiest actors I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I can't stop smiling. Yeah. His thing is that he That's has. his character as he smiles. He smiles. He has tattoos around his nipples and he has a little French Frenchie. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, which is fine. Um, put a little sailor hat on the guy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that people are liking that. Uh, and it, but he's just. 
But you're right, though. It's kind of like, is he like a like a familiar? Like, is he supposed to be he can't one go of in these the sun, things? But that seems to be everyone. Like, none of them can go in the sun. Right. Uh, yeah, one of them can turn into smoke. Right. Uh, one of them has snakes coming out of his belly. That guy got to be a bit much. They also have. They, re- they reuse oh, the yeah. arm bit twice. They also puss out for. Being a community that is so hell-bent on maintaining its laws breaks them at every chance they possibly can. (laughs) All it takes is one person to be like, no, that's against the law, and the other person to be like, well, fuck you, I'm doing it anyway. And they're like, well, you're probably right. Yeah, go ahead. Um, And that that main guy with this sort of slits on his face, which is kind of cool, later we realize that they're eyeballs. Yeah, that That is Doug... Ooh, Henning, I know no. I'm going to feel bad for this. Um, he's in like any creature movie and he's one oh, of the, uh, Doug Jones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, so is, is wow. Yeah. He looks short. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I didn't pick that up at all. Um, actually I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's just another guy named Doug, but I think it's Doug <laughs> Jones. I think it is. Um, but, uh, but no, the, I agree with you. The, the creature design is great. The application is bad. Hey, look, maybe on a VHS uh, cassette from 1990, it might have been a little bit more seamless, but there's all kinds of seams when you look at it in high definition <laughs> now. And uh, you can see, you know, you can literally see makeup. It's, it's, um, by, I mean, that sounds like a dumb thing to say, but I mean, like you can literally see like yeah, different like colors because it's makeup. on a different surface when it's on an applique versus the human skin. So, in, you can see that difference. You I can also Doug Bradley is not. It was not Doug Jones. Oh, it was Doug Bradley. Yeah. Oh, you know who that is. That's Pinhead. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it is a, a famous Doug. Yeah. Um. So the other problem is, is that he's a better Pinhead. I'm going to say. That. You're right. Yes. No, that's true. Um. So the sets are this kind of the same way. Like they have this cemetery, this uh, Midian, and. A lot of it, they use that. Oh, what's the word for it? It's like Star Wars used it a lot. The like matte background, like the oh, painted background yeah. or whatever. Um, so they use that a lot. But even the buildings themselves that are supposed to be made of stone, like none of it looks good. No, none of it looks good at all. Like, um, I mean, maybe when they get inside some of the interiors of these places, it gets a little bit better. But like on the outside, and plus, well, that's the, even the interior, it's just like a cave. Yeah. With some rope bridges going across this giant chasm. And you have a huge problem, as we all know, when we're watching these movies of these these rules and these laws that get broken. So, like, here's this secret place of people who are the last of their kind. Everybody else got killed and massacred. You'd think that they'd be trying to do everything they could to hide themselves from the world, and yet the, the uh, female lead walks in, and they're just hanging out on the front porch. Right. Like, I mean, it, it just doesn't the the rules that they set up they're just as quick to to break down and none of it feels like we can grasp onto anything this movie never feels like like you're kind of sitting in the seat of a car and you're locked in and you're and you're ready you just feel like you're tugged all over the place yeah and you know i don't know even some- the decisions of like cuz i'm unclear on the doctor's motivations because yeah he has Aaron killed and but and Aaron was talking about this Midian place. Now there's nothing 
that would make me think that that doctor, an educated man, yeah. thought that was a real place. Right. Um, but because his body disappears from the morgue, it's like that he puts two and two together or something and is yeah. like, aha. But like any but he keeps saying he's not dead, but I don't I think he thinks that he is alive. So he doesn't think that he's part of, like he's a walking dead and maybe this place magic place does exist like he's like oh that guy's still alive because he's kind of surprised to hear that he's not when because he is then arrested as sure. a dead guy i even i didn't even cut all that out of the fucking man sump because yeah, right. it's like insane um but ever you know he's seems to be su- like surprised that he might is actually dead let me do this. I, I mean, I may not be a, a Clive Barker, but let me figure this out for you, Clive. Here's what you do to fix exactly what you just said. You create that character just as he is of the doctor who is also a serial killer. Maybe you make his serial killing a come from a desire that like the more people that I kill, like maybe he's obsessed with like, um, uh, what I want to say, like living forever, you know, immortality. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he has an obsession with immortality and that's why he kills. So he's got this patient who he knows that he's going to pin these murders on. And then, it, but he starts listening to this patient talk about this place where there's these monsters and these, you know, fantastical creatures or whatever. And then, and cause I think that there is, it's not that they're immortal, but they're tough to kill. Okay. So, Maybe what happens is, is that this guy that he sets up to die to take the fall for his murders, he sees that he comes back to life and then he's like, holy shit, maybe there is something about this place yeah and i want to go gain that power like that would give him a motivation yeah because but he wants to wipe him out right instead right or or something like that or that like it, it like almost kind of like a fire starter thing like if i kill the thing then i gain its power right. or its life source or something yeah. like that all gives him some motivation but you're exactly right why would he go from being a good old-fashioned died in the wool you know everybody knows him everybody loves him psychiatrist serial killer to being a psychiatrist serial killer that now believes in what is could be thought of as a delusion right. of one of his patients that has no root in, in any sort of reality or science whatsoever. Why would he just buy it yeah. so suddenly? And why would he even care? Why would he? he right. Now, he does he does give a when he's uh interrogating like the gas station guy, he does talk about how this is an if this is the connection, I mean, this is the closest I'm getting to a bridge. Okay. Because he's talking to the guy talking about how he's killed breeders because he kills families, right? Okay. He's like, I've killed some breeders. And then it's like he heard about other people that are breeding. And so he has to kill the because he's like, there are. People breeding underground. Oh, oh, no, I get it. I get it. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're exactly right. And I hate to give (laughs) give him any credit, but you're exactly right. He's saying it's almost like he sees himself like a lot of serial killers do of like kind of like a a Travis Bickle of taxi driver. Like, I'm going to clean up these streets. Right. You know, I'm going to I'm going to kill these families that are breeding like filth over and over and over again. So now not only does he not have, you know, 
he, he's already seeing filth in just these innocent families. Yeah. Now I've got some really genuinely mutant people. Okay. They definitely All right, we go. figured it out. This movie's actually pretty good. Oh, it's my favorite, actually. <laughs> I love Nightbreed. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, that would be great because if that, uh, I mean, reverse it. That's great that that we made that connection because unfortunately then immediately after that, there is an attack on Midian and that scene goes on for about 40 minutes. Yes. I want to say, and Tim, I can't tell you, I can tell you one specific thing that happens and it's the second arm. The guy makes a joke about his arms coming out of his stomach. Yeah. And then there are eyes on the arms that then attach themselves to the cop's eyes. Yes. Uh, that's about the only thing I can remember happening in there. That and there's and the priest. I'll let you talk about the priest. You you have some good insights on the yeah. priest. <laughs> well, yes, because there's a, this a new character completely introduced out of the blue uh, with the in the last 45 minutes. Yeah. This character of a priest who's locked up in a way that like an absolute insane killer would be. Yeah. But it turns out he's just an alcoholic. Like, we don't hear about any other crimes of his. It's not like he's some sadistic priest who, like, killed right. altar boys. But they have him in a cell next to a, a guy they think is uh, the Walking Dead and also a murderer of 15 people. Right. <laughs> and they kind of realize that, like, somewhere along the way that what they're dealing with might be a little outside of the norm. So the the one kind of head uh, policeman goes in there and he's like, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get your crosses. You're going to get your prayer books. Oh, yeah. This is another new character introduced, like, in the third act. Yes. Yeah. This, like, Rambo, yet looks like he'd do your taxes. uh, (laughs) Right. You know, head of the chief of police. Yeah. He's like Virgil, that wrestler with IRS. Or was that his name? IRS and his valet was Virgil. His (laughs) valet was Virgil. But IRS, he would come out in, like... With the suspenders and a briefcase. Yeah. But he looked like a nerd. It's kind of like they couldn't get. Um, oh, uh, he was on Scrubs as the head doctor. Usually oh, put, yes. Uh, uh, John C. McGinley. Yeah. John C. McGinley. They couldn't get him. So they got this guy. And who just John C. McGinley at least pulls it off. Oh, he would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. But so here they get this guy instead. He goes into this, uh, the cell where this uh, priest is and he's like, you're going to get your, you're going to get your crosses. You're going to get your prayer books, which by the way are called Bibles. Um, <laughs> you're going to get your holy water and then you're coming with us because he somehow has put it together, even though he's never been to Midian, that they're going to need something more than just guns, maybe to kill these things. Yeah. So this, this pastor is kind of forced into the situation, but maybe he believes enough to to know as he's because he's reading the Bible on the way there, and the Bible seems to be talking of this place. It seems to make mention of it, okay, and that it's kind of like okay, yeah, this this did exist in the Bible, and it was a bad place, and so I'm going to do the Lord's work. Well, when he gets there, and they have this forty minute firefight with this uh, this group of people, the Nightbreed. He sees that there's women and children, and he has a change of heart, this priest does. And he's like, no, no. And he tries to stop these cops, these crazy. And they also gather up whatever fucking redneck they can oh find God. in town yeah. and uh, to, to just shoot them up and blow them up real good. And so he's trying to stop they these people. Everyone who had a flag on their truck were like, follow us. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they, uh, this priest 
is trying to now stop people. And, and you, you believe like, okay, that's a nice little character arc. Okay. That, you know, he kind of had a change of heart. Good for him. Well, no, he keeps going. And he's like, not only do I want to save these people, I kind of want to be one of these people. Right. So he approaches at the end, there's deity that, um, yeah, we didn't even mention there is like a, a God a boss. Yeah. It was like yeah. a boss night breed. Yeah. Which is, I believe that he's mentioned in the Bible as yeah, well. Yeah, that is a familiar name, but it's yeah. like Hepha, Hephaestus or... Oh, it's like Baphomet Hephaestus, or... Baphomet, uh, yeah, Bas- it, yeah, um, like yeah Basimatic. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Basimatic is in there. And um, so the priest is going in to like go through the ceremony where you have to touch some water and prove yourself and be worthy of becoming Nightbreed. And it's just kind of like a bit of a fuck up where the whole thing splashes on him right. and it burns his skin and it burns his hair off and he looks really kind of fucked up. <laughs> and funny. then he suddenly goes from being this kind hearted priest who literally 30 seconds ago had a change of heart to save these people. And now he's like, they all need to burn. Right. Follow me into the, the trenches of warfare as we decimate this entire race of people. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it doesn't make a lick of sense, but that's the problem is that the, the hold that we ever get on any of these characters or goings on, it's just too slippery. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you, you're like, okay, I'm, I get it. Like I see what's going on here. And then something either goes on too long or it changes. And then you're just like, like, have you ever been downtown in the middle of a city and like all of a sudden your GPS just keeps going yeah. bonkers? Yeah. That's this movie. You're like, okay, <laughs> I get good. it. I go down, I go down state street and I'm going to turn on Lake or whatever. And then all of a sudden it just starts spinning around and that's what this movie does and and it gets to an ending where some of the writing is atrocious i get it that okay the last of the night breed themselves are the last of their people then after the 40 minute firefight there's the last of the last people and they're (laughs) hiding in a barn and there you come to understand that um Boone is actually this uh this prophesied oh, that's character. Right. Oh my god, Tim. I and he's fucking watched this <laughs> an hour ago and, and I forgot about the prophecy stuff. And he's named Cabal or he's named Cabal Which by Baphomet or ba- whatever it is. Yeah. And uh uh, bed and bath set. And then he's, he's like, you're going to be the new leader for these people. And you're going to find a new place for them to live. And the little girl says to like her mom or whoever, like, when is that going to happen? And she's like in the next wind, maybe tomorrow, tomorrow's wind. Yeah. Like what the fuck does that even mean? You know, that's just the most garbage stuff. And then we get a little lover spat on top of a hill yeah. where he's going to go do this prophesied thing that he has to do. And she's like, I can't come with you. Fuck you. I'm going to stab myself in the stomach yeah. and kill myself so that you have to turn me into a night breed. Right. And so I guess I get that. But that's all kind of gets yeah, out of hand. romantic. It's fine, I suppose. She. I mean, I hope that maybe her whatever nightbreed powers uh, be interesting or to teeth whitener would be a good start. Uh, I'm sorry. I did. I pick on that, but anyhow, we are mean today, (laughs) right? But, um, either way, look at us picking on the nightbreed. Yeah. Just, just like that. (laughs) Right. John C. McGinley wanted to be, we missed the point of this movie. I guess we did. I guess we did. And, uh, 
Yeah. What a little sneaky thing to do. Like, I'm going to make a movie about not you know, being too hard on people yeah. and judging people. And if you are, you're just as bad. Yeah, exactly. No, your movie sucks. That's what happened. Hey, look, here's the bottom line. Clive Barker couldn't make a good movie if Steven Spielberg woke up tomorrow and decided that he was going to spend the rest of his career making movies about gay devils and he was going to help anybody that wanted to join him do it. <laughs> Even still, Clive Barker could not make a good movie. And it's not to say that I don't like him. It's not to say that he's not really fucking smart. And I think he's a, a treasure in the horror community. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of people like him. Yeah. Uh, We're going to uh, piss some people. If we didn't piss them off in Hellraiser, yeah. they're gone now. That's all right. But I, we're just trying to be honest. It's yeah. not a good movie. Look, it's I don't if if you tried to tell me if someone tried to say like, look, I I, I feel you. Like it's not great, but I you know I watched it with my family and I watched it, it was like the only horror movie that my parents would let me watch because it was a monster. Movie. Okay, yeah, great, fine, but don't don't try to tell me it's a good movie. Right? Don't. I mean, and if you do, then you just. Don't tell me about any other. Yeah, movie let's just that. not speak again. I want to know your opinions. <laughs> right. There's one stretch in this that is so, I mean, even for this movie, so weirdly convoluted because, uh, okay, so Lori, all right, let's try and get everything straight here. So Aaron's dead. He's been shot dead. Yeah. And all these murders have been pinned on him. Lori is like, I can't believe it. Like, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Like, I can't. So she's wrecked. Yeah. And she's in a bar. And she just meets a random lady, right? A random lady. She did not know before she got there. Yeah. Uh, and she befriends this lady. She's like, a hilarious line, like, they're in. The, she's in the bathroom crying, you know, and, yeah. and this is where she meets, uh, we'll call her Susan, I don't remember her name. And Lori has a great line, like, I need a drink. You need a drink. It's like, you're in a fucking bar. What else are you like? Like, she, like that's a realization that yeah. just came to her. Like, let me, you want to do something wild? Let's yeah. go have some alcohol. What is it? Men or money? That's that's her line. Like yeah. when I cry, I like that line. That. No, yeah, that's, that's yeah, fine. That's I could see that. What they needed was right next to them for Uma Thurman to just <laughs> pop up and do the. I said, God damn. <laughs> That's so good. Um, But anyway, so this isn't even the convoluted part. She meets, you know, meets a random woman, befriends her, tells her all this shit. And she's like, actually, I'd love to go check out this Gideon place. And this woman who has just met her is like, you need someone to go with you. I'll go with you. I've got, you know, cool. Fine. I don't have a lot of prospects. (laughs) Yeah, I've got nothing. All I'm, it's the middle of the day. I'm trying to get laid in this dive bar. So the so Lori's like, okay, well, then I'm going to head out because I want to get some rest. She's like, yeah, you go rest up. We'll hit this in the morning. The second Lori walks out the door, the bartender hands Susan a drink and is like, compliments to the gentleman by the door. And she turns and looks. She's like, oh, okay. Now we don't see the guy. So mind you, the guy was right next to the door that Lori just walked out of. Okay. Yes. So then they go to Gideon the next day, or sorry, Midian. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gideon. Yeah. Um, they go to Midian the next day, and Susan's standing outside, and she's like, oh, it's the guy I met, whatever his name was. And then, oh, reveal, it's the fucking doctor. Yeah. So that means the doctor, for some reason, followed Lori to a random bar, sat mm. in that random bar, Next to the door that she would have to exit out of, that she would, she definitely knows who he is, right? 
I feel like she knows. Yeah, because she's met him. Okay, she has met him. She's been interrogated by him. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, So she definitely knows who he is. But he somehow knows uh, not only will she meet a random person that will then lead him (laughs) to uh, Gideon, um, but just that... I, just that alone is like oh I, and instead of just like following Lori right he then has to create this fake relationship with this other person and doesn't even really seem to follow them like he shows up later yeah like how did you follow them <laughs> being like 15 miles behind them right like you're what right. was yeah. the point of all yeah. of that and how would he Unless, How would he even know that they that she is like, I'll go to this place with you? Right. So, okay, so backtrack a little bit. When the guy pulls his face off, um, the uh the the doctor interrogates him and he's like, But I need privacy, right? So he yeah. probably gets him for like, give me the information about where, where I want to go to. Yeah. So he's he's p- like piecing bits together. But you're right. He like there's absolutely no reason if he can find Lori, if he can track her to the bar, then he can track her to Midian. Right. You know, he's he's followed her that oh, far. And then speaking of the guy, because he the- thinks that I think that I, I I literally only got this because of Wikipedia. Yeah. Because I read the synopsis. Okay. So I think that he has a suspicion that she, because she's so distraught about his death that she's going to go and try and research this place that he was always talking about. Right. So the doctor was suspecting that she would do that. Yeah. But rather that than, part I get, but how did he know this random woman said, I'll go with you to that place? Like, he why would he, why would he then be like, I need to befriend her he because would, that will get me in on that. He would, he, in reality, he would continue tracking Lori the right. way that he has right. from whatever town she was in to wherever she's at now. Um, here's a question for you. What was in that hangover drink? There's two raw eggs. Remember oh. that? Yeah, the, the barfly gets a, a oh, drink. Yeah. Two raw eggs, and there's like a darker liquor in there. Does anybody know? Is like a red eye? Is that what that's called? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it looks gross. Uh, yeah, probably don't get that. Yeah. Just have some water. Right. There that's you go. All, water and aspirin that yeah. will cure your hangover near immediately. Yes. Um, uh, real quick, another yeah. weird inconsistency. <laughs> the, the face cutting guy. When, when, uh, Aaron gets to Midian. The face cutting guy is there, right? Yeah. Like he's been accepted. Okay. Now our timeline is John Aaron leaves the hospital where the guys just cut his face off. Right. Yeah. Goes to Midian and then is immediately killed there. Like that night is where he's shot. The cops show yes. up. He's shot. Yes. Is taken to a hospital that night. Uh, and is revived because of the bite the demon gave him. Yeah. And he shuffles off to Midian, right? This is all within 12 hours, it would seem. Yeah. He gets... And now, John's thing with Midian, like, as we follow... Why do I keep calling him John? Because he's boring. Aaron. Yeah. Uh, As we follow Aaron through, you know, he's learning what it's like, you know, what life is like in Midian. And here's the thing we all do. Here's the ritual... You you know, you experience this. Go talk to this guy. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. but the guy who's telling him that is the guy who cut his face off, and it's like he's acting like he's been there for like a hundred years, right? Like he's just in like a robe and his cat. Like none of this is fucking phasing him at all. Yeah, this is. It's like if you have a friend from like 
the same town that you grew up in and then they move to like a larger city and then you go to visit them up there and they're like Mr. fucking Chicago now. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. you got to try this. But he got and, there an hour before you. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, right. And suddenly knows everything. Right. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, though. Is he just there or does he... When when Aaron slash Boone slash John goes to Midian and makes it like makes it really count, like when he just turned into Nightbreed. Yeah. Isn't it the face cutting guy that takes him there on that? I think that's how they get there together, but I'm not sure. All right. I don't don't know, know. but I'm not sure. But still, like he seems way more knowledgeable about what's going on and comfortable yes. with what's going on, even though they would have gotten there with like within hours of each other. And when did the face cutting guy get fully turned? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. How is he all like, it's like, he's got his own fucking room. Yeah. I've been through the thing already. Like, don't sweat it. Oh like, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You know you're what right. I'm saying? Yes. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. It It doesn't make any sense at all. And it doesn't even like, we don't even get the whole concept of Nightbreed being Nightbreed. You would think that you couldn't just like decide to be Nightbreed, but right. it, apparently you can. Like you can just be like, "I want to be one of you guys." <laughs> right. Not like, "Hey, we're we're born this way, and people are persecuting us for just who we are, and we didn't choose to be this way. We're born this way." Or you can choose to be that way right. if you want, apparently. Yeah. Um, so it, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Where are we at for time? We're about done. Okay. <laughs> so we made it longer than I thought. So that's good. Yeah. It just, <clears throat> it feels like, um, it feels like there might've been a fine movie here. And I told you before, when we were talking before the show, I'm not a big monster guy. I'm not a big monster movie guy. Yeah. Um, it, it's just not the genre that, that piques my interest or the subgenre. but I think that there's room for it. And I think that, especially if you put that Clive Barker, like creepy, sexy, gross twist on it, like you might have something. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about the, this movie and concept, but I think that there's a few too many ideas crammed in, and then the ideas that are crammed in are not fully developed. Yeah. And you just got a mess of a film. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. This is what's really crazy. Usually with a movie with this many problems, you can lump, almost automatically lump bad acting right into it. But the acting isn't terrible. No, it's fine. It's it's usually like for all the other problems that we're saying, the acting would be atrocious. It really isn't. So how they got that part, there's there's a few good things, but just, I don't know, somebody somebody who thinks this movie rules, please watch it. Let me watch you watch it. Right. I want to st- study you. I want to look at you, watch this movie. Because I would rather watch you than watch I this I want to see you like kind of squint <laughs> your eyes and do like a slow like head nod, like that part's really good. And I'll be like, what part? Right. What I just saw, because none of it is. And that's the thing. I don't know. It. Hey, I went for so... It just goes to show, trust your instincts. I went so long without watching this movie and feeling embarrassed. And maybe even somewhere along the the way, I might have even been like, yeah, Nightbreed. Like, oh, yeah, that one. You know, <laughs> yeah. lied that I had seen it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't recommend this movie. I'll tell you that. I don't. Unless you're... 
<clears throat> if you're a Clive Barker enthusiast, you've already seen it anyway. <laughs> right. And if you're, I'm trying to think of another monster movie that, or like a fantasy type horror movie that does pull it off. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, God. Labyrinth. Could you, could you use that? I suppose, but I'm, I'm trying to even think of something that's more horror. Um, I don't know. Like the, I guess the only thing, I, I mean, I could say puppet master, but sorry <laughs> folks. I haven't seen those either. <laughs> right. I mean, I can't see them all. All right. But, um, no, like, uh, well, you're not well-versed in every single puppet master <laughs> movie and you call yourself a fan of horror. Right. Right. But like, um, I don't know, uh, fucking see Poltergeist before you see this, for God's sake. Like yeah. if we're talking about see monsters, Hellraiser before you see this. Yes. I would, I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying that, but yes, you're right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I only recommend the first 15 minutes. Once that guy cuts his face off, turn it off. Yeah. You're done. Right. You're done. And sure as hell. You're done. Don't watch the four-hour cabal version. There is a yeah. four-hour version. The two hours was an hour and 45 minutes too long Did already. you have to watch it with commercials? No. Oh, okay. It was free with uh, Shutter. If you have Shutter. Oh my God, I didn't check Shutter. Yeah, I'm so dumb. Yeah, I started it on Prime and it had ads, and I was like, I'm fucking renting this. Forget it. Yeah, the worst four dollars I've spent. <laughs> no, I'm I'm sitting here like I'm. Uh, there has to be another horror fantasy movie out there, but um, I uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, yes, yes. Go see something like that. Come on, Clive Barker. Be yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, maybe. Yes. That's... You made a face. Have you not seen that? I haven't. Oh, Tim. I've seen some of his stuff. I haven't Ooh, seen that, though. That'd be a good one. Um, yeah. No, I would. I Again, I don't I don't rush out to the to the monster stuff. So you don't know this guy? I've seen him. Okay. Yeah, so to speak. But yeah, I... Uh, I put my hands over my eyes. Yeah. I'm sure Ed, like anyone who's seen the movie knows what I was doing. <laughs> but no, I uh, maybe this is the subgenre that needs the most help right now. I mean, somebody make a good monster horror movie. Yeah. Um, but not this one. No. I, I do not recommend it. I think it's it would be a waste of your time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. First 15 minutes. Turn it off. Yep. I don't even know if it's that long. Just whenever the guy cuts his face off. Right. Cool. <laughs> Nightbreed, 1990. What a grab bag choice. Yeah. I feel bad. That's what this month is all about. I feel bad I picked that. I thought it would be better. I th I thought it was going to be great. But I don't know. It's kind of fun to, I don't know. It's not even fun to dunk on this movie. I was just so uninvested. It kind of feels like when you have like the stomach flu and every, like not necessarily like you're delirious, but like everything feels like off, like, right. and you feel like you're going to throw up like all the time. And like, you got that little like saliva in the back of your mouth. That's what this movie is. Yeah. It feel you just feel discombobulated. Yeah. And a little sick. Yeah. Yeah. We got yelled at by our friend before we came down. She's like, I have a Nightbreed shirt. You guys didn't like this movie. <laughs> there are people look there. He's got some disciples. That's he for does. Sure. And maybe good for them. I, you know, if, if they like it, maybe there's some sort of, I think it's probably the fantasy element. I think they probably really, really get off on, look, this makes perfect sense. Now that I think about it, some people might not like the idea of seeing people get like 
like a 17 year old gets stabbed. Right. Okay. I can, I can understand that. And maybe the horror is more fun for them if it's got a fantasy element to it. Okay, cool. But just how about one that's well done? Yeah. Uh, I don't have any problem with the content, but just here goes the neighborhood. That line just popped into my head. (laughs) Talk about that guy. I don't know how, like what that guy did to get as many lines as he did where they were just like, dude, Belly arm guy is killing it. Yeah, right. And it's like, and and I'm even just watching like some of the characters. It's like, that's just clown white makeup. (laughs) And it looks like makeup. It has that sort of like dusty veneer to it. Like lady's pretty cool. Dude, no, you know who's cool? The all black horned guy. Yes, that guy's super cool. Black horned guy. The guy who's like he's paired up with the snake belly guy. Yes, that is neat. Like that's that guy gets no lines. Yeah, right. No, but he's he's weird. The black guy gets no lines. Right, of course. Yeah. Way to go, Nightbreed. You didn't even watch your own movie. Yes. Lucky. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So join us next week as we finish up. A grab bag month from 2008. People love this one. The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Do people love this one? I don't know. I, I, everybody that I've heard. Okay. Well, most everybody. People love it. I can't wait to talk about it. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> we'll see. I like it more than this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not saying much, but okay. Yeah. Uh, please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Check out all our other uh, accoutrements. We've got Twitch, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Not Twitter. We're done with Twitter. Twitter's done, Tim. Okay, I'm fine. What, a, what an amazing crash twitter has been i've been kind of obsessed with watching just twitter implode on itself that guy took over on october 26th and it has lost billions of dollars now i i just i could never like twitter just in and of itself regardless of who's running it i could never like that one made no sense to me ever yeah i never got it it took me a long time to get into it uh and it was easier to quit it was pretty easy to quit, okay. but I quit it a long time ago. Yeah. I talked about it in our Synecdoche, New York episode. It's when I quit Twitter after I watched that movie. <laughs> okay, but Life's too important. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, please, everyone, watch Synecdoche, New York, not Nightbreed. <sighs> Tim, do you got anything else to say about Nightbreed? Nope. Cool. Bye!